Welcome to the INS Infusion Room, a podcast of the Infusion Nurses Society. The Infusion Nurses Society is recognized as the global authority in infusion therapy and is devoted to setting the standard for infusion care. I'm Dawn Berendt, your podcast host and the Clinical Education and Publications Manager for INS. Hello and welcome to this episode of INS Infusion Room. My guests today are Dr. Amy Barden-Spencer, Director of Medical Affairs for Vascular, and Amy Mills, Senior Manager of Clinical Affairs for Anesthesia and Emergency Medicine at Teleflex Incorporated, and Marlene Steinheiser, the Director of Clinical Education at INS. Welcome to each of you. Thank you. Thank you so much for having us. It's really going to be a fun conversation today. Our topic is focused primarily on our pre-conference event that's taking place on June 3rd, the day before this year's National INS Conference in Orlando, and that's going to take place June 4 through 7. But before we discuss this excellent pre-conference program presented by Teleflex, I would like to ask each of you to tell me about your practice and your current work. Amy Barden, let's start with you. Great. Thank you. And thank you so much for having both of us on today. Um, so my background as um, I am a vascular access specialist and a respiratory therapist. I finished my doctorate degree with a focus on vascular access and infusion teams and their impact on hospital acquired infections. I did finish that last year. Congratulations. <laughs> thank Excellent you so work. Much. I have a real passion for helping other teams, you know, work to their fullest potential. And that's really through guidance documents, development, um, being a mentor sometimes when they uh, are navigating a difficult situation within their organization, but also just making sure there's a value to vascular access and infusion therapy, and it remains valuable because these tasks are not getting easier. They're getting more difficult as our patients become more complex. So that's just a little bit about me, and um, I love to collaborate. If, if you take one thing away, I, I love the collaboration. Thank you so much. Amy Mills, let's have you tell us about your practice and your work. Oh, thank you for having me today. My name is Amy Mills. I'm a registered nurse. I live in North Carolina. I've been a nurse for about 29 years. My background is in neonatal pediatric and adult critical care medicine. And I was a transport nurse, flight and ground transport medicine for about 16 years. My passion is bedside education, uh, hands-on skills, I love a good clinical challenge, scenario-driven education piece, and that is one of the reasons I'm really excited about this year's INS education. Currently, I am the Senior Manager of Strategic Programs uh, for Anesthesia and Emergency Medicine at Teleflex, and my primary role is to really collaborate with all of the medical societies, specifically nursing and pre-hospital societies, physician uh, emergency medicine society, societies, and collaborate on hands-on education um, delivery for Teleflex. Wow, thank you for being here. You both sound so busy, <laughs> so busy. Very busy. And speaking of busy, let's go to Marlene Steinheiser. I'd like her to tell us about her practice and her work. Okay, thank you, Don. Um, well, I'm Marlene Steinheiser, and I'm the Director of Clinical Education for INS. I've been with INS since 2017, and primarily my role is to coordinate all of our 
on ground and virtual education. And one of the things that I really enjoy about my work is that I get to work with industry partners. And this is one of the times that is very enjoyable. We get to bring technology to our um, attendees and our nurses, and we get to work with you know experts in the field and bring new technology when that's available to the nurses. And so that's you know really an exciting part of my work. Prior to coming to INS, I was working on my PhD degree, and what I was very interested in was compassion fatigue. You might ask, why would compassion fatigue and infusion nursing be coordinated? And when I was working with infusion nurses or nurses that were providing infusion therapy in skilled nursing facilities, I was witnessing some of the struggles that they endured. And when I went back to school, I was really interested in really learning more about their challenges and compassion fatigue in that work setting. So I combined my love for infusion therapy with understanding compassion fatigue in that setting. So I'm really glad that we're working with Teleflex on this pre-conference, and we look forward to future collaboration. Well, let's talk about that pre-conference event. So let's share a few details. This is entitled Right Line Right Now which is presented by Teleflex Clinical and Medical Affairs. So this four-hour workshop provides small group hands-on learning with clinical experts. During this workshop, the attendees will explore vascular access options for patients with urgent, emergent, and long-term access needs. Sounds like something we all need. (laughs) A lot of really pertinent information here. And here's a little rundown of the clinical stations that our attendees will experience. Ultrasound assessment, ultrasound needling, care and management, device selection, device salvage, and interosseous access. I don't think that we could have packed any more into <laughs> a program uh, like this. So let's talk about meeting together during and if you want to consider it post-COVID. Well, um, it's very important, Don. you know, as I mentioned earlier, I do a lot of work with societies and um, whether it be state, uh, regional, national events, you know, before COVID, we had a lot of collaborative education, hands-on, in-person. And I think that it's really important that we put ourselves back in those situations that we've done a fantastic job as a country, you know, attending, providing, attending virtual education, making the best of what we can give people via video. But there is nothing that can take the place of true hands-on education where you are in the same room with other clinicians from around the world who can share their experiences and practices with you. And there's um, something about being in person and hands-on and an expert clinician being able to guide you through learning a new procedure, maybe learning a different way to do a procedure you've been doing for the last 20 years, perfecting what you're already doing, or even you yourself as an attendee giving information and helping others. Uh, We've got to get back to this hands-on. It can I understand the stress that it can put on especially those clinicians who were at the bedside and firsthand saw Um, what happened in the hospital with COVID and our hearts go out to them 
and we understand the stress that it may cause, but we hope that they will make this important decision to return to in-person education. Yeah, and I'll just, I'll add to that. You know, I think it's time to get back to the normal, but I also Mm -hmm. think we're going to do it safely and we're going to do it most efficiently and we're going to look at everything around the the time of the conference, which is just a couple months away. Um, Your safety is is top of mind for us as an attendee, but I think it's so important for the collective brilliance of the attendees to be able to share. Infusion therapy has changed through COVID. Yes, we've influenced a lot of people through virtual education, and we will never go backwards. We'll always have that available. But the tactile, the discussion, the hug, the handshake, the what I did, what, what my what my hospital did to help us make it through, those things have to be talked about. But I think it, it starts with coming together. Like we have to come back together um, as a group, as a society as clinicians, I look forward to hearing the scenarios. I look forward to hearing from from your heart, what you experienced, what you learned, what you would want everybody else to know if we ever went through this again. I mean, and those are only things that we can really just talk about in person, I hope. So I, I hope to see everybody in June. So let's go on. I would like to address my first question to Amy Barton. So designing a hands-on clinical education program requires a good deal of coordination and intentional planning. I'd like you to tell us how you like to construct these educational events to maximize the experience for clinicians who attend. Thank you for the question. I think you heard both Amy and I have a very um, strong passion for hands-on education. So we always start with the learner in mind. So what does the learner need? What are the endpoints and what's going to impact the learner the most? And in the end, who's the learner going to impact? And that's patients around the world. So when we go into uh, building learning objectives or learning uh, station objectives, we really want to keep it simple, meaning we want a good uh, instructor to attendee ratio. We really believe that hands-on and practical application allows that clinician um, exchange and understanding, but also asking questions. Uh, And I think that's one of the things we get feedback a lot on is, did I have enough time? And was I able to ask the questions? And was it applicable to my practice? So as you read through all of those things that we're going to cover in this hands-on pre-workshop, we thought about the patient from coming into the hospital and then going home with a long-term vascular access device and making sure that every contact in every device is intentional. So that's really how we formulated this. And uh, the Right Line Right Now program has been a, (laughs) it was a brainchild of Amy and I's over the last couple of years. And uh, it's really made a difference in in clinical practice. So I think that's what, how we build it. Is it going to make a difference? Is it going to be impactful? And this is lasting work. It is what we talk about in the infusion and vascular access communities. Yeah. I'm going to direct my next question to you, Amy Mills. Uh, Marlene and I understand the work that it requires to bring in the clinical experts who are going to fulfill the objectives of an educational event. So I'd like you to tell us how you network and find individuals for programs like these that are just so beneficial to the learner. Uh, That's a really important question. You know, one of the things that we pride ourselves on and that we feel is really important is peer-to-peer interaction, um, whether it's didactic or hands-on education, and that's learning from someone who has an experience of doing what they're teaching. And so for our full-time clinical affairs team, 
we really reach out and make sure that we have a diverse group of clinicians within our full-time team. Those clinicians go out and teach not just all over this country, but in Canada, all over the world. In our interactions with our providers when we're teaching often, whether we're at a society event or even at a local hospital, we often meet someone who shines, who really understands um, whether it's intraosseous access or vascular access uh, specialties, we can see that they have uh, a really in-depth knowledge and that they would be a, a good um, speaker for us or um, they may be a good hands-on educator. And when we meet someone like that, we really take the time to get to know them. We introduce them to our peers so that we can ensure they're the right fit. Um, it's really important <clears throat> when you read out all of those um, stations that we're going to have at our hands-on session, that there is going to be a peer-to-peer uh, intraosseous access. I will be there. I'm considered an expert in the field for IO access for um, all of those vascular access stations. We have a good mix of our full-time team and clinicians who are in the field providing vascular access every day who are there to teach. And so, it's really important for us, again, to have that good mix and provide peer-to-peer. That's, that's a great question. And who knows, we may meet someone this year. You never know. Absolutely. Who do you think should plan on attending this event? Is this really just for beginners or should people who are well into their infusion practice attend as well? I'll take that one, Amy, to start. But I, I really think it's everybody. It's everybody currently in clinical practice. I think COVID taught us a lot of things. Uh, COVID taught us how to do things different. But in the end, I think there's nuggets of information that every single attendee type could learn uh, from a very new nurse that's just graduated and and put into the clinical environment. To those who've been in, in, or maybe you're transitioning from hospital to home, uh, the device salvage station, I think is going to be amazing for those long-term needs and therapeutics. So I really hope to see a range of clinicians uh, that would be attending this program. I agree with Amy Barden. One of the things I love about any national conference is that mix of attendees we get. And when we go to a session like this and we learn from the educators, but we also learn from each other and how different infusion teams are built out, the types of procedures that they're doing, what their policies look like, how they function as teams. And I think that's a really important part of National Conference, that collaborative spirit. This is a safe place to learn. So beginners, you're welcome. Those who are experts, you're welcome. There are no silly questions. This is a safe place to come and improve your practice. And from all areas of practice, as Amy said, that we're going to discuss not only the patient with uh, that's in acute care, but all through you know the continuum of care, which is really important and valuable. So nurses in all practice settings can attend. Yeah, I would just add, um, as I think through this question, is we sometimes, or you know, should more oftentimes have risk management, have infection control, have some of your C-suite attendees. So if you are looking to build a practice or even your educators in the hospitals, sometimes they need to unlearn, to relearn, and learn a new way to train and teach. Yes. So, so this is a really safe place, as you said, 
to just ask the questions, to learn how somebody else is doing it. Because one of the best things about collaborating through an educational station is hearing what they're all doing in clinical practice. And are they following the guidelines? Or have they updated their policies? Those are some of the, the best things that I take away, the golden nuggets. And sometimes we have to bring the other key stakeholders that, that impact us but don't really do our work to these kind of events. Yes, absolutely. Marlene, members are always interested to know about the benefits of attending an educational program, but they also need to know about continuing education credits or recertification units. Can you talk about this? Sure, Don. We'll be offering four continuing education credits for the workshop, as well as eight recertification units for CRNIs. So not only that, as we mentioned, there's going to be that opportunity to practice your skills and take away um, from that workshop, you know, the, the, like Amy said, the golden nuggets that you'll learn from each other. So besides the CE and the REUs, there's going to be that collaboration um, at each of those stations. So we're really excited to have this workshop. And I have an idea that we're going to have a bunch of fun too. Yeah. I even encourage attendees, you know, if you have a difficult policy and you're like, I'm trying to work through this policy and I need to address these issues, bring it. Let's talk about it. We'll have time. We'll have time in those stations. Bring your questions, you know, bring your challenges and and let's see if we can work through those together. It's a great idea. Marlene, you and I have wanted to offer a hands-on education program for some time because we know that this is the best way for clinicians to learn. I know that I speak for both of us when I say thank you to Dr. Amy Barden-Spencer and Amy Mills from Teleflex and Teleflex as an organization. Thank you so much for teaming up with us to make this pre-con event available. We just can't wait to get there. Thank you. So so to to close our program, I don't know, we we could probably just sit here all day and talk, but I do, I don't know what we have to wrap up, (laughs) but um, to close our program, I often like to ask my guests to take a moment and talk about their work life passion um, so I'm going to each ask each of you to tell our listeners why you do what you do and tell why it drives your professional practice. And let's see, let's have Amy Mills go first. Oh, what a great question, Dawn. This is fantastic. You know, my grandmother told me that I was going to be a nurse before I knew I was going to be a nurse. <laughs> and so, um, you know, I feel like I've, I just love nursing so much. And now that I'm, I've always been in an educational role, uh, no matter where I've worked, you know, in the unit, I've been a, a preceptor. When I was on the flight team, I was my unit educator for a time period. And so it was natural for me to gravitate to this type of, uh, you know, reinvention of my career after the bedside, basically. And I really feel like everything we do with hands-on education specifically makes it back to the patient. And every single time I teach, whether it's virtually um, or hands-on, I know that something I have said makes it back to the patient and that it makes a difference in patient care. And that is my driving force that even though I'm not at the bedside anymore, you know, a lot of people say, do you miss the bedside, Amy? And I do miss the, I do miss the bedside, but my back doesn't. 
but I, uh, I know that what I'm doing makes a difference in patient care. And that is certainly my driving force and, and really should be for everyone who works in any part of the clinical environment. Marlene, you're up next. Well, it's interesting because as Amy was speaking, I was thinking the same um, type of thing is that, you know, it's interesting when you work, um, you know, in education, we don't necessarily have that direct patient care. But what I do know is that the education we're providing is, is as Amy said, it's reaching, you know, patient, it's reaching many nurses worldwide because, you know, INS is global and it's making a difference because those clinicians are learning um, information that we have provided. And, you know, with our busy schedules, we don't always have a lot of time with work-life balance, but doing a little bit of clinical volunteer work has kind of kept me feeling like I'm connected directly to patients. So that is really what drives me, is the fact that I know that what we're providing is reaching patients and clinicians globally. Okay. And Dr. Amy, you're last. Oh, all of that resonated with me. So, um, I think that patient safety is the first and foremost thing that as every clinician that, that we think we need to think about and care about. So in my clinical practice, I was in clinical practice for 25 years. I was a very young clinician in practice at 19 years old. Every patient mattered. Every scenario mattered. Research and, and having the ability to read articles and, and influence practice change matters. I'm uh, married to a, a diehard a vascular access nurse and my mom, my sister, my daughter, or my stepdaughter, all nurses. My entire career has been about collaboration and influencing so that the patients receive the safest care possible. When I transitioned from the bedside to um, industry, my light bulb moment was when I realized, for, you know, in, within Teleflex, I had inserted every device, right, as a, as a clinician. And how could we make that translation of knowledge better so that every single patient receiving devices actually receive them in the safest manner? And then I'm, I'm fortunate enough to have a global team. So I manage Europe and North America and having your feet in other countries to realize some places don't have running water. Some places don't have max barrier kits. All they have is the understanding, skill and knowledge of the clinician with the device in their hand, that those are the sort of things that that uh, that move me and motivate me. I would have to say I don't have the best work-life balance because I live, eat, and breathe infusion and vascular access. I mean, that's who I am as a person, and I'm I'm willing to take a phone call in the middle of the night if it's going to help somebody make a difference in the life of somebody else. And that's I think what drives me, uh, being the best. And I always say to everybody, words matter. It posit, you know, every scenario situation that you're brought into, somebody else will learn from that and, and that will impact a patient in the end. So yeah, I, I have the best opportunity in the whole world to impact the greater good of patients. It's fantastic. So for our listeners and for those of you considering attending the pre-con event, I think you've just heard the value of this program. The work the clinician expertise that is behind it and what you will experience when you walk into those sessions. And we welcome you on June 3rd to the INS pre-con event at INS 2022, our national conference. Thank you each 
Marlene Steinheiser, Amy Barton-Spencer, and Amy Mills for being my guest today. This concludes this episode of INS Infusion Room, a podcast of the Infusion Nurses Society. We welcome your comments. You can reach us at infusionroom at ins1.org. That's infusionroom at ins1.org. Thank you for listening.